I'm Rachel Johnson, co-host of the Educals Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful morning, uh, wherever in the world you may be. Again, thank you, as always, for making us part of your day. Thank you, as always, for all of your wonderful support. And I am excited to be here with you all today. I mean, I know we're all on break and on holidays. Some of you may still be in your pajamas, too. That's great. Some of you may be up and about, you know, regardless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, as always. And today I'm really excited to talk to a really good friend, a coffee mate, I might say. So thank you so much. Uh, today, Jared and I are enjoying some Loveland coffee from South Carolina that he sent over. So really excited about our today's caffeinated conversation. That's right. So, Jared, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well, Fonz. Good morning. I, All right. And I'm, people are in their pajamas. I, I showed up to work today. So, you know, you, you got to feel extra special. I, I, came, I came in to, to work to do this. Awesome. But that, yeah, yeah. So that's for an everybody interesting watching story. This, yeah, yeah that was an interesting story kids. you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I have four kids at home and the house is not quiet. So this is the quietest place I could find to, to do this. No, that works. And I'm really excited and thankful. So thank you, Jared, so much for, you know, making this happen. And I'm just really excited about today's conversation as we're going to be talking about, you know, instructional tech and, and, you know, tech coaching overall. And of course, you know, I know you from actually just connecting with you on Twitter and of course, through, you know, Google everything, you know, Google Innovator and uh, coaching and all that stuff. So uh, before we get started and dive into the conversation, Jared, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience members and give yourself, uh, you know, also uh, give your context and education. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> I'm highly um, caffeinated. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, my name is, yes, that's, that's the other thing. It's like, I hope I don't talk too fast because I've had like three or four cups of coffee already. Um my name is Jared Johnson, and I am currently an instructional technology coach for a small private school in South Carolina. But before that, um, I have spent 16 years in public education as a high school social studies teacher and as a instructional technology coach. Perfect. Okay. So now, also, I'd like to add one more thing. Can you tell us something interesting about yourself that people may not know? Ooh. Um, okay. So one of the ways I like to relax and everybody thinks this is a weird thing to do. I find detailing cars relaxing. Like I put my headphones on and I clean the cars. I'm in my own world. When I'm done, I look back. I'm like, I did something It's beautiful. They're clean. Um, until my kids get into it and you know, I, I just find that relaxing and I will spend yeah. hours doing that. <laughs> That's great. And I know I have seen some photos, I think that you've posted before where you'll show like a before and after you show the van or you'll show, you know, the car and I'm like, wow. So. That's really cool, you know, getting interested, you know, and getting into the detailing. And, you know, I've seen 
people, those detailing videos for me, I really enjoy when I watch those because I just see all the brushes and just the way they get into everything and just clean that car. So I would imagine it's relaxing. It's relaxing for me to watch. Not so much do, but watching it, I'll do that any day. All right. Well, Jared, thank you so much uh, for that brief intro. But, you know, this is my favorite segment, too, as well, which is really getting into that superhero origin story. And like I tell all my guests, anybody that is a guest on the Maya Tech Live show is somebody that I look up to because of the great work that they're doing on, you know, not only on social media, that they're posting the work that they're doing for themselves and, you know, for others around them. So I want to know the Jared Johnson origin story. Was education something that you wanted to get into that you knew, or was it something that you kind of fell into and you grew? Um, I want to say a little bit of both. So, you know, as, as a child, you played school and I was one of those, you know, teacher's pet type things. And then in high school, you know, you kind of fall out of it and you're starting to look at different career choices. But really what steered me into education was my, I had two really important high school teachers and um, credit both of them for, for putting that bug into, into me, for wanting to, to teach. So um, anytime I can, I'd like to shout out Mr. Scott Haber, who really influenced me to become a teacher, to be the best teacher I could be. Um, one of the best compliments he gave me when I was uh, student teaching and uh, substituting um, was that he thought I was the only person that had graduated that could give him a run for his money in the career fields. I just thought that that meant so much uh, to me. Wow, but that's he was, great. He was, yeah, he was what got me into into teaching. Excellent. So now tell us a little bit about your journey into education. You know, just, you know, I'm always curious to, you know, once you get in there, what were some of the things that maybe you kind of wish you knew before you got in? Um, I guess some of the things I wish I would have known is how to better take care of yourself. For the burnout thing is, is real. And I remember feeling that burnout within those first five years of, of my career, because you really do want to be the best, do the best, you know, you're, you're pretty much living your teaching life to the, to the fullest extent that you can. So you're active at school, you're active with your students. And, and so, um, when you hear people talk about, you know, five years seems to be when people start to, to waver and, and, um, consider other career choices. I was at that point at the a five-year mark for sure all right so a one, bit of that one of those things where i wish yeah i wish and again you know graduated college in 2004 so self-care and all that that kind of mindset things just weren't a, a thing as they are today so that's just one of the things i wish could have been there you know to help take care of your mind and body as you as you work you know because teaching is high it's high stress and you're really high strung and and I've had some really awful administrators in my career, which have made things a lot worse. And so how do you tackle that? Take care of yourself, take care of those situations, things that you didn't learn in college. Okay, good. That's fair enough. And, you know, it really makes sense. And that's oftentimes what I've heard even coming into this career. And like you said, it, you know, the self-care wasn't as talked about 
when I first started back in 2005, you know, 2006, and kind of coming in from a different background. And now you see that and it's really prevalent and you're like, wow, you know, there's definitely things that you wish you knew um, prior to getting started. So now I want to know, so you did the teaching, you were, you know, classroom teacher, and then now you're transitioned or you have transitioned into a tech coach. And, you know, you've done that for a couple of districts now. So I kind of want to know a little bit of how that transition came about. You know, were you already implementing tech within your lessons or was this something that, you know, later on you just found yourself like, you know what, you know, I'm really tech savvy. Let me go ahead and put in for this job. And, you know, you ended up getting that role. So tell us a little bit about that journey. So um, I got into it kind of by accident, uh, really. So teaching teaching high school social studies and um, I've always been big into technology. So I remember when I was first introduced to the LCD projector, right? And that just blew my mind. And and because I have horrible handwriting, I hated writing on a board. Like I just, I'm left-handed. It always never looked good. It's, it's, so when I was introduced to the um, LCD projector and PowerPoint, like that just completely revolutionized um, how I taught to the fact that, you know, my district only had one LC pre LCD projector. And so when I couldn't check that out, or if I had to return it, finally went out and bought my own and, you know, being young first year teacher, you don't have a whole lot of money. And those things were about 500 bucks to begin with. And so, you know, put almost an entire paycheck into buying an LCD projector and, that was really kind of where I started to use technology. And I found that the kids enjoyed that more. They were more engaged because I was able to make learning more visibly appealing or visually appealing to the students by adding the animations and having the fun different backgrounds um, that kind of help propel things um, forward. And then I was, I was that teacher that always used the computer lab. So I was always checking, you know, reserving the computer lab. I brought my kids in. Don't remember the name of the, of the website that I used, but I remember with my ninth graders, there was this animation website, very basic, but you could make these animated characters and they could have little speech bubbles. And so with history, that was really kind of my go-to thing is every con every unit that we did, they had to make a cartoon where their historical figures had to talk about, you know, what, what we, what we learned. And that was part of their, um, projects. And I just, you know, kids always loved it. I thought it was really cool. Some of the other teachers kind of caught attention to it. And, um, and that was really neat. Fast forward to, um, another school district I was at, there wasn't a computer lab, but we had a laptop cart with laptops and these things barely worked. I think it was, I think they had windows XP on it or windows 2000 or something like that. And for whatever reason, I don't remember how I came to the idea, but I decided to buy a bunch of flash drives, put Linux on them and put Linux on these, um, laptops. And because they didn't work and everybody thought the laptop cart was broken, it kind of became mine. And so with Linux running on them, I was able to have the students do different things like um, wikis. I had a wiki page that I would post my notes to and the kids could go there and answer questions. Um, we did Google Earth projects like crazy because that was back when Google Earth had to get installed on a computer and 
all this kind of neat stuff that I was able to do with it. And then the district was like, oh, well, this is interesting. And so then they gave me a, a smart board and I put it in quotations because it's a you know knockoff type smart board. And, um, and so I started using that and then I realized that there was a master's program in, in educational technology. So then I pursued uh, a master's in that. That's when I learned how to really kind of tear down computers and use all sorts of different websites and, and web 2.0, you know, all that, all that stuff back then. And so that kind of propelled me into, into using technology more and more with my students. And um, finally, they kind of came to me and they said, we have a grant with the Department of Ed for um, a tech specialist, somebody that can go around and teach teachers how to use technology. Would you be interested in it? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I kind of fell into it by accident. It was like January of 2010, where I, I left the classroom and, um, and started, started that journey. And that's just kind of taken me to, to different districts and different places and landed me to, to where I'm at today. Like, I remember Google in its infancy when we, you know, when we tried it out with Gmail, like that was the big deal. We're going to get teachers Gmail. And, um, all, all, I just, you know, all that beginning stuff is, it's just cool to look back and to see where we, we are today in education. Nice. Well, look, I really love that journey and everything that you shared there. You know, you can definitely see the passion. And again, I, a lot of the stuff resonates with me too, as well. Cause I was that one teacher, like when we first started getting Chromebook cards in our schools, we only had two cards per elementary, you know, so we had the cows for our computers on wheels, as we call it, the cows for, you know, two, um, two per campus, you know, and I was the one teacher that would check it out all year long because not a lot of teachers were familiar with it. And I was just signed it out every day out of the week and just pretty much just lived there in my uh, classroom and, you know, having some fun with the kids and similar story too, just because of the passion that I had for tech, you know, got to transition into this role too as well. So very great story there. And now, I wanted to ask you, too, because you mentioned Google and you mentioned this back in 2010. So with the whole infancy, I didn't learn about Google till like way later in my career. But I know that you're heavily involved and I know, you know, you have been part of several programs. I mean, obviously, level one, level two, trainer, coach and innovator, which is, I think, pretty much all the badges that you can get in education. So tell us a little bit about that journey too, as well, you know, how you just diving in into the Google ecosystem and then working with Google too, as well. I think even, you know, on some programs, I believe even on the coaching program too, as well. So tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, well, yeah. So I think, I don't remember when, but I remember, you know, working on the Google level one and level two back before it was popular or, or famous. Um, I had that prior to, to 2017, but really my life changed in terms of coaching, uh, in 2017, when my school was invited to participate in the dynamic learning project, which was a, a research project on best practices with technology, coaching, instructional coaching that was done through Google for education, uh, digital promise and EdTech team. And so we were, we were flown out to, to Google's headquarters there in, in Sunnyvale for a, a week long intensive. And I mean, intensive, like 12 hour days, 
you know, we're going from one thing to another. Um, it was, it was fantastic, stressful, but fantastic. And, and we learned how to do a, a coaching cycle. So using their challenge-based coaching cycle, we went through, you know, how, how to implement a technology cycle, how to get principal on board. And that was kind of the neat thing is your principal had to come with you on that trip. So that was very powerful as well, because you got the first time ever that I got to sit down with my principal and truly collaborate and, and really get to know them and, and have a and for that, that really changed not only the definition of coaching, but a definition of the relationship between coach and principal, because before then I was just a tech in the building, right? Like I would lead monthly PD. Here's a cool app. Everybody try it. You know, I'll see you later. Um, to, to now being, you know, part of that, that decision-making process, that leadership team in the school drive where instructions should be going, where they want it to go, and then becoming more of an integral part of the classroom and, and teachers using me to be a coach, to, to be there with them instead of being the, the guy that you would come to to the library once a month to learn a new app or, or strategy, and then you I don't see them again until they need help. So that was, that was really the, the change, the change of where things went because we learned about the trainer program and the innovator program. And so when I got, when my mentors like Heather Dowd and uh, Dee Lanier, you know, they were my mentors through the, the dynamic learning project. And so, you know, they were trainers, they were innovators. And so that really motivated me to go, oh, I have level one and level two. Let me see what the next level is. And, um, and that really just kind of kind of started my journey. And then because we were part of the dynamic learning project, the original cohort of it, we were automatically made um, the Google certified coaches because the DLP is what turned into the certified coaching program with Google. You know, so I just want to give a big shout out, though, Georgina. She's joining us uh, through LinkedIn. I'm, I know that her name is not showing up here, but she does say. Jared was such a key component of the Google EC program as we know it today. He made such a positive impact on instructional coaching. Bravo. So thank you, Georgina, who's joining us all the way from across the pond. Thank you, Georgina. Appreciate it. And big shout out also to Coach William Jeffrey, who's joining us too as well. Coach, big shout out. Thank you so much. You know, and Jared, this is, you know, so interesting because that's the way that I knew about this, you know, kind of getting uh, connected with you know, G global GEG and all those members. And then of course, hearing about the coaching, you know, certification also as well. And then I saw your name being mentioned, actually, you talked about it stating, you know, how you were part of that. And I was like, wow, like this guy, like this guy's in, like this guy is in there and everything. And that's been great because every single time, and this is no joke, this is the first time I share this with you, because it's the first time we really kind of hang out and talk. But Every time I see that coaching badge, you are the first person that I think of because of that and that conversation. And that, and I'm like, oh, cool. So every time I see that on anybody's signature or anybody sharing, first thing that comes to mind is like, okay, cool. Congratulations. And then it's like, Jerry Johnson, there you go, everybody. So that's awesome. So that's great. And uh, so talk to us now a little bit. Okay, so we got the the coaching. You've got that wonderful experience working through the program and so on. So now some of the questions that I have, because you did mention, you know, being a tech coach for a couple of districts, because obviously this, this job or this role 
has been able to open up doors for you. And now this is something that we're starting to see a lot more. Um, I think it's more prevalent now after COVID where now it's like, well, you have instructional coaches and now you have, you know, technology coaches and then you have all sorts of coaches now in coaching roles. But, um, you know, just for as an example, you know, or a question about being a tech coach, you know, how have you seen this role evolve from the first time that you took on this role into what you are currently doing now? So, um, that's a really good question. And so my experience, I'll talk to you about from, from my experience. So when, when we started out and we brought the, the dynamic learning project and the challenge-based coaching model back to my school, it really revolutionized what we were doing. Um, and I, you know, I was one, of well, now I've lost track 12, 13, there was 13, 12 of us. Um, at the middle school, high school level in, in my district that was part of the dynamic learning project. And so we were really able to revolutionize all our role. And um, because we actually had a title change from in, in, um, technology integration specialist to digital learning coach. And so that helped drive the change. We were now considered part of the leadership team with the principals and we were driving you know, those changes in the building. We were, we're finding out what challenges teachers needs and we're helping them meet it through technology. And really just, I can't say enough, like, like William said in there, is it, the instructional training was the best PD he's ever had as an educator. And that, that is true. Um, the coaching program has been, and still is the best PD I have ever received. Um, and, and really the thing that has changed my mindset, changed the mindset of, of my school and, and again, it opened doors as well because it gave me the experience, the badge. Um, it also gave you the, the PLN. Before, before that, I didn't have a PLN, didn't really know what a PLN was. And so that opened up a door to, to PLNs and then COVID, you know, the global GEG groups and, and things from there just, you know, kind of really, really blew up. Now, the the cool thing is, is like during COVID, that was one of the, of the good things about COVID, if there's any good things is, is that instructional coaching, um, technology coaching, that became a big thing because we were all reliant on that technology. So teachers were hungry for it. They wanted it. They needed it. Like anything that you could, you could support them with, they were all about. And, and even for the first year or two after the pandemic, you know, being a coach, at least in my experience where, where I was living, was really, really important. Then things started to change. And, and even to today, you know, teachers now have a mindset of either, A, I got this because I already know everything about technology because COVID taught me everything about technology, or things are finally back to the way they were, and I'm going to go back to the way they were. Paper and pencil, please. Do not open your Chromebook, MacBook, iPad, whatever it is. We are going back to the old ways. And so I remember being um, having the printer access so I could see, you know, how much was being printed at one time. And, you know, during COVID, it was like very little. And even after COVID, it was still very little. And then all of a sudden, once things returned to normal, all of a sudden, everybody's standing there at the at the copy machine. And I became a little bit of an enemy when I started calculating how many minutes to hours to how much of your lifespan you're using. 
standing at the at the copier because I was trying to like, come on, we're, we're taking too many steps back. We got it. We got Chromebooks. We got these devices. Like we've done so well. What's what is happening? Um, and and so you've is for me and in my experience, it seems like there's been a walk backwards. And I kind of feel like that's been a lot larger than even we're in my sphere because you know the being a part of the dynamic learning project and the Google certified coaching program has allowed me to be mentors um, for other teachers and other districts. And so, and, and I still keep up with my PLN from that group and everybody seems to be experiencing the same thing where there's been like a step, if not multiple steps back from the way things were from 2017 to say 2021 we've started to, you know, and then schools have started to put more responsibility on their, on their coaches that are not coaching related. So it's the extra duties. It's, and again, you know, we're in a subbing crisis and things like that. So you're asked to sub. And when you're, when you're doing that, you're starting to, to degrade, downgrade your role. And so you're no longer looked at that as that instructional person, but more as an extra body in the, in the school that can be used to do whatever it is they need you to do. And that was where I started to get frustrated in the last year or so, where I just became an extra body and people weren't showing up to PDs. I only had one or two people on a coaching cycle. It was like, okay, what, what's happening here? No, and that, I, I agree you know, with that, you. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. You know, going back to what you said, you know, and what you're seeing, I can attest to that too, where, coming back, you know, back to brick and mortar after, you know, being shut down, it's like all the tech was put away and put away in the back. And, you know, I know it's such a strong word, you know, you know, but the, I think it was just more of like a trauma sort of where for teachers, they saw those devices. And just by seeing those devices, they just said, no, that's, that's only COVID related. And that's only for COVID. And that's the only time we're ever going to use it. So let's just put them back. And they ended up just in the back of the room. Nobody was really using them at all whatsoever. Going back to brick and mortar, going back to the copy machines, going back to, you know, just the traditional way. And and I'm not opposed as, you know, one thing is good teaching is good teaching. But we're missing out on so much, though, where students can be creating, uh, you know, some of their learning, too, and being just more hands on and using those tools. And like you said, it was that extreme of, no, I'm just going to go back to the way I used to do things. But then you had some teachers that really took off and are doing some great things with it. And sometimes, you know, a I don't want to say a little too much, but, you know, in our district, we've kind of had to reel back because we do have adopted platforms that we are using. And we keep it simple in our district. But of course, we know that there are some teachers that are very innovative. They're, you know, constantly on Twitter and they are willing to try new things and they're risk takers. And I applaud them for that. But at the same time, you know, then they're not using what we have. And we're also trying to get data and measure those things because this year what we did is we actually sent out uh, a Google form and asked teachers, what are the platforms that you're using? What is it that uh, maybe you would like to have? We got back some awesome feedback. We narrowed it down. We had some teachers test out those platforms and we adopted according to the needs. But then now all of a sudden, you know, we have that vote. But we know that obviously sometimes people may not be very happy with what you're doing. And so now you have people or you have teachers that are using things that we're not adopting 
And then they call us and say, hey, this isn't working. Okay. And then uh, we say, well, we're sorry. You know, our answer is we're sorry, but this is not a district adopted platform and there's nothing that we can do. And then they get upset. But, you know, so we see those two, you know, big, big uh, differences there too as well. And slowly this year, though, it's getting a little bit better where now the Chromebooks are being out. But I don't know if it's so much because the teachers want to bring them out, but also because all our state testing is all on the computers and the kids need to practice their state testing. And so there's a platform that we have that really emulates the state test. And so now it's like, okay, this is what we need you to use to practice, uh, you know, your drag and drops to practice your constructive response, the hotspots and all of that. And so come January, it's usually during testing season. I call it January. Once we're back, it's testing season all the way till May. So we'll definitely see some usage going up on that. But I feel that we're just simply creating testing machines and not creators, you know, in their learning for our students. And that's something a little bit that we need to do a little bit more of. So what have been, you know, I know you've mentioned these because these are obstacles, but what are some ways that maybe you've slowly, I know you've transitioned into a, a new school, a new district, fresh start, sort of, what are some things that you're kind of doing to really take that coaching role and really let it be seen as that, as a coaching role for your teachers? So one of the, the interesting things is, is I was brought, was able to transition over to a, a private school who um, really sees a value in, in needing a coach. They've never had the true coaching role, but needed, that needs somebody to help push teachers forward. And so one of the unique challenges being in, in a private school is, A, you have a lot of people who have never been exposed to, to coaching um, or to what instructional coaching is or any kind of tech coaching. Because one of the interesting things is, at least in where I work, um, to teach middle school and high school, you just need a master's degree or, or higher to teach. You don't need a teaching certificate. Um, and so you have a lot of people that have just come straight out of college or the workforce and they're, they're teaching in the content area that they, they know best where it's science, English or, or whatever. And we also have some teachers that have been retired from the public school system, but retired years ago before tech coaching and instructional coaching was a thing. And so one of the things I've just been, I've been trying to do just to, to show what, what coaching is, is just doing little things of, you know, Hey, you know, doing the basics. How are you? What can I help you with today? You know, challenges are you having? And trying to get my foot in the door um, to certain things like, you know, well, I have some students that are not engaged, you know, so how, okay, so how, what are you doing? And having those conversations to kind of, to roll things forward, but then also trying to provide, I hate doing sit and get PD where I'm the one delivering the PD and people are just listening but that just seems to be another way in I've learned just to get my foot in the door to show that I am human, um, that I am here to, to, to help and, and things like that. And so, and of course I'm trying to make, make it, make it fun. One of the, the biggest compliments I have gotten since I started is that my PD sessions are engaging and fun and they keep getting better with, with each one, which to me is a great compliment because I have always believed as a teacher to give, to give your students an experience, like learning should be an experience. 
experience where they're hopefully having fun. Not everything is going to be fun and not everything's going to be a great experience, but they're doing something. They're actively learning. And so I try to do that with, with the teachers as well, where I'm not just standing up there next to a TV going, and here is this, and here's how to use it. It's like, okay, let's, let's dive into it. Here's what I want you to create something. And that's been the biggest thing in, in my biggest, like, if I'm going to get up on, on a stool to preach, it'll be getting students to create. You know, we are very lucky in this school. Our high school students have MacBooks. Our um, eighth graders all the way down to fourth grade have one-to-one -one iPads. We need to be creating. We don't need to be consuming anything. We actually need to use them more because some, sometimes they're not even being used at all. Um, but if you really get students creating, and that was kind of been my foot in the door with a couple of teachers is getting students to create. And so we did one of the things that just kind of blew, blew away the teachers and the students were was using Flipgrid, you know, something that I've taken advantage of many years. This, this crew has never been exposed to Flipgrid or Flip as it's called now. And so they did a newscast from ancient India using Flip's tools and was amazing like it just it blew the teacher away it got other teachers wondering what was going on and that's really what i what i like to see like you know that's really where the power and the motivation comes in and what really gets me excited too is like when kids are enjoying it the teachers enjoying it and other teachers in the hallway are like what's going on what, what is that um and then recently um right before we went on break i had um our geography teacher was like why don't the kids create a virtual field trip how can we do that and, um, and so this is where I, I'm a little bit of a troublemaker, right? So whenever Jared Johnson comes around, I somehow inadvertently stir up trouble. We are one-to-one -one iPads at my school. To build a virtual reality tour using Google Earth, I needed real computers or I needed a, a lab type situation. I found some Chromebooks that weren't being used. And so I ushered in the Chromebooks. The kids love the Chromebooks, maybe a little too much, um, over the iPads. And, but they were able to create, and they, they took Google Slides, Google Earth, and they were able to create tours of different countries and, and really just create some awesome stuff and then be able to share it. They could go on each other's tours and answer questions. It was really, really neat. But again, it's all in that creativity part, getting the students to create and you know, the teacher was like, really kind of forgot what it's like to have the students create. I need to do more of this um, because you do kind of forget. You kind of get into your your routine. And so worksheet, worksheet, Google form, Google doc, but the students aren't really creating and producing anything. And one of the things that I've always been impressed is that. And I, I hate I hate to say this. And so forgive me, all of you out there for that might get offended on this, but it's like. Being in public school, for all the years I was in public school, the kids are just apathetic. They don't want to do anything. You have to poke and prod. And you have some good success stories with them, but you do have to do a lot of poking and prodding. And one of the biggest surprises to me being in a private school is there, it's a whole new world. It's a whole completely different clientele. And so those kids not only reach your goals, you know, what you, your expectations that you set with it, but go beyond it. And that's been like biggest and most powerful, coolest thing. Cause I have to remind teachers, these kids will perform for you. Like this is where I kind of put the baseline at. Then I have kids going, Mr. Johnson, can I use iMovie and flip together to, to add music and to do this and to add these special effects and make it 
more, you know, robust news situation. I'm like, yes, go ahead. Or, you know, another student going, can I make a video that I can then put into a Google Earth project and, and, and talk about what the, the street view that they're seeing? And I'm like, yes. Like, oh my God, yes, please do. You know, like it's really, really, it's been a completely 180 for me because it's like when you do give the kids here in my current school that, that opportunity, like they are excited. They want to perform. Not all of them. Don't get me wrong. Not all of them are eager. Um, but they just really kind of rise above and take things even further. And that's to me is just where the magic is. And what I like to preach to the teachers going, what they are doing, look what they can do. Um, if you give them, give them the opportunity. So a lot I, of what I do as a coach is just, is, is taking those opportunities where I've been able to get into the classrooms and then show it off to other teachers, like celebrate those teachers that have allowed me to come in, celebrate those students, show off their work. Um, to really help motivate and get everybody excited to show that, oh, they can do this. You know, we don't have to be paper and pencil or, or do the very basic stuff. Like we can take things even further. And that's just, again, what I've been trying to do is promote. I do a newsletter. I, I showcase. Um, one of the things I was used to in my previous district is you tweet everything. You tweet it all to show everything that you're doing. My school's a little more reserved with that. They don't want a lot of stuff out there. So that's why I don't tag, tag the school in a lot of my posts and, and things like that or show a whole lot of specifics and, and the things I tweet and share. But I do want to share and show and, and, and document for those teachers and for everybody out there to say, they're doing, they're doing some really cool magic stuff. Excellent. Yeah, so getting some great comments here, some great feedback from Georgina. Georgina says here, how great would it be for us to create the same culture across all education sections, not only private? Great comment right. there. And then, of course, will uh, Coach Jeffrey uh, chiming in also it says, truth be told, some of the apathy is coming from some teachers' attitudes towards their craft. All right. So great. 100%, 100%, yeah. Great conversation. Look at that. Jared stirring up the chat this morning, obviously powered by Loveline Coffee. Thank you so much, Jared, for sending this over because I oh, am welcome. trying to hold myself back from all of this awesome conversation. But so, Jared, so tell us a little bit more like you, you described, you know, just some great things. And going back to the creative components, you know, I completely agree with you. Many times, you know, I think teachers do not see what students are allowed to do just by putting the Chromebook in their hands. And oftentimes I think it's also just that fear of the unknown where the teachers maybe have never done it. Maybe they're scared to take that risk. Maybe they're just not comfortable. And so, you know, what are some ways, you know, maybe I know you, you were working with the students, but now as the teachers are seeing what the students are doing, what are some of the ways that you, you know, work with the teachers to kind of just make them feel a little bit more comfortable with what they're seeing and just be willing to take that risk? What is it that you're currently doing? So a lot of it comes, you know, trying to promote, so, you know, promoting things through a newsletter, um, whether, you know, sometimes I offer like PD sessions, try to try to get people to come to. And then a lot of it just comes from conversation. I, you know, I want to be seen, uh, you know, our, our, my campus is, is pretty spread out. It's kind of built like a college campus. So uh, we are two-year-olds all the way to 12th grade. And so it's trying to, to be visible in all those different sections and have conversations with teachers to find out what is happening and what is going on. And, you know, I, 
one of the things that everybody tells me is is a it's positive you know part of my positive personality is is i'm very approachable um and that you know teachers feel comfortable talking to me so that's kind of been a benefit where teachers have come and talked to me and so when they express their challenges or things that they want to to try it's it's telling them what i'm here to help support you like what what can i do to to help you i can help plan with you you know give me your planning period schedule i can i can come plan with you i can help i know you don't have a whole lot of time in your day if there's anything that i can build uh, ahead of time or if you need me to make these whatever it might be and that's been the biggest kind of the biggest coolest thing here is like teachers are always like you want to plan with me like you really you want to sit with me and plan i'm like yeah that's that's how we're going to do this like we're, we're going to do this together like i want to help you you know, get that confidence. One of the, the biggest things of, of the Google Certified Coach Program is to empower teachers. And, and I truly believe that. I want to empower you to leverage that technology that can impact the teaching and learning of not the teaching of the teacher, but the learning of, of the student. And then telling them too, like, my, I can make my schedule. So if you need me, you know, first and second period only, and then you're good to go the rest of the day, I will be there for you. I'll co-teach. I'll support. I'll collect data. Whatever it is you need me to do. If you need me all day, I will clear my schedule and you will have me all day long. It's whatever you need. And that's been the biggest game changer for, for teachers where I'm currently working is that I am there to, to support them um, and that they know that I'm, I'm there to support them. Because I had one teacher that was walking down the hallway and I overheard her talking to another teacher. She goes, so Jared's been with you all day long she's like yeah they've been helping me and helping my students like it's been great to have a second set of hands in the classroom as we do you know we were introducing cammy to the to the kids and she's like oh do you think you'd come to my classroom and, and she's like and i just and i chimed in yes yes i can i can come to your classroom what, what do you mean let's plan together send me some dates and and then we did a virtual field trip where well there's a virtual field trip that she and i created this she just wanted the wanted to create it for the students to do and that's great. You know, the kids did it. They were interacting with it. Um, but that was helping the teacher know that she can create um, herself these experiences for for the students. And so that's been kind of the nice thing is 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 trying to get my foot in the door to get teachers to understand that I'm I'm not I'm not going to just go, hey, you should use Flip. Peace out. You know, let me know if you need something else. Bye. Um, which is I think is something they have that has happened to them in the past, I think, where they've just been told you need to use this and then they've got no support and then things have gone bad. Cause I've, I've heard some horror stories where the teacher's like, well, I did this, it fell apart. It was awful. I don't want to do this again. And it's like, no, 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 but that is my role. Like I want to coach you. I want to help you. I want to empower you to be able to do this with your students. And, and in turn, you are empowered. Therefore your students will be empowered. And so it's just, it's just trying, it's, it's been a slow burn. I made a TikTok video talking about, you know, the first semester and, you know, I'm always looking up and, and there's still more challenges. There's going to be a lot more challenges as we go into second semester. But again, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's a slow burn. I have to keep reminding myself that because as a coach, you want to change the world. You want to have this huge impact right away. And, and that's not always the case. Uh, and so you just kind of, I'll just keep, keep working at it. At, at one point, you know, we'll, I'll get everybody, but 
right now I'll, I'll take whoever whoever I can get and help those that 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 want it and and keep saying create I'm here to help empower you I'm here to support you I'm here to to be what you need me to be in 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 your classroom that is awesome Jared and you know talking about impact I know that you want to get to everybody there within your district but I must say that you have made a great impact on even people outside the district you know people that are on Twitter with all your shares, everybody on social media, you know, even mutual friends, us in the global GEG group and Google innovators and everything through the work that you do. So don't sell yourself short, my friend, because you are making a huge impact. And I know that you're going to do great things there at your school as well. So keep up the great work because you're definitely inspirational. You're definitely somebody that I look up to for sure. I I appreciate that. I I really, I really do. I, I don't, not to say I don't believe you, but I, I just, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. Cause I, you know, they're, they're imposter syndrome is real. You know, we learned that during the innovator and everything like that. It, it, imposter syndrome is real. And there are a lot of days where I feel like I'm an imposter or I'm looking at what other people are doing. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I had more time. Like th- things like, Things like that. So thank you. I appreciate appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Georgina. I see your comments as well. So yeah, I, I know. I, and that's the truth, Jared. That's the truth coming from me and just being very honest. And even Georgina backed it up right here too as well. You know, such a creative leader, Jared. Keep going on, my friend. And, you know, we see you. We see you. Trust me, Jared. So you just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, again, you know, when those thoughts come about, just remember us because we see you and we are, we, everybody else is benefiting too from the great things that you're sharing and coach here chiming in also dude keep crushing it both of you so yeah just keep crushing it so jared before we wrap up with the last three questions you know just off the top of your head maybe top three things as you as a technology coach speaking to maybe somebody else that is new in this role or maybe interested in this role uh what would be your top three things that you know as far as advice for somebody coming into this role? Um, advice would be, um, number one, to, to try to get a lot of the frustrations um, out of the way first is, is to work with your administrator. You know, try to get your administrator on board. Um, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great coaching books out there. Jim Knight, um, Elena Aguilera, Aguilera, sorry, there's pronouncing name. And then the, the Google certified coaching program, um, you know, get to, get to know that work with your administrator, um, and getting them on board because your, your biggest advocate is going to be your school administration because they're going to help open those doors for you, put you in the spotlight. Um, there are going to be times where they're going to tell you who you need to coach, uh, because that teacher might be altering a little bit. Um, but you know, being part of that, being, you know, getting your administration on board is probably the biggest one. The next one would be, um, build your PLN, you know, join the PLNs that are out there, the coaching groups, your, your local GEGs, um, podcasts like this. Um, you know, look, look for, for anybody out there that can help be a mentor to you. You know, some of the original dynamic learning project people are out there and very active. They can help point you in, in the right direction or give you advice. Um, and then two, just 
always stay positive. It's very easy to get bogged down in the negative. And that's one of the, it, that's like my own fault too. Like there are times where the negativity just gets to be so much. And, and, you know, I have shut down when, when I really shouldn't, or I've resisted hard conversations because of negativity or fear out of things. And so while that is a hundred percent real, um, thing to deal with is it's learning how to, how to deal with that. Um, because there's going to be situations where things are going to be negative. Things are going to be hard, but try to maintain a positive attitude with it. Surround yourself with positive people like Georgina, you Fonz, everybody that that's out there. Even my original mentors, I still talk to D and Heather, uh, and Rachel as, as you know, they, I go back to them when things get hard or if I have questions and things like that. So definitely, you know, build your PLN, reach out to, to people and surround yourself with as much positivity because inside of a school, you're in your own world. You're, you're in that world. And sometimes it's hard to see outside of that world and, and the negativity kind of will add up. So look for those people to help pull you out. Excellent. Well, great tips, Jared. Thank you so much for just being very insightful with that because those three tips definitely help anybody out and really in any position too as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. So now before we wrap up, we've got the three final questions here. So Jared, here we go with question number one. In the current state of education, what would you say is your edu kryptonite? Um, yes. Uh, Georgina, find your tribe. That is very true. Find your tribe. And the Google PLN groups are a great way to find tribes. Um, Educryptonite. I, I will go back to what I said earlier. Negativity. Negativity is, is one that just seems to be swirling in, in education right now. Um, and that's for a lot of different factors. Um, and so trying trying to remain positive you know come in with that positive attitude surround yourself with positive people because it is hard especially when you are a coach and you are very active in all the different circles and cliques and things in in your building or your district it is very easy to get to get weighed down by that so trying to overcome the negativity and because like like even like what william had said earlier the, the students will feed off that if the teacher's negative the, the students will feed off of that and so whatever you can do to try to overcome the negativity around you, um, that, that I think that's my edgy kryptonite. Because again, it's hard as a coach, when you build those relationships, people come to you with, with things like, you're not going to believe what Fonz did, or I can't believe the decisions, you know, the administration is making. And you're like, so you try to, you know, you try to stay positive, a lot of nodding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, one of the biggest things I've tried to, I've learned over the years is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I hear you. You know, try not to offer too much commentary because I can come around uh, on you. Um, and so it's, it's the negativity. And I, I wish we could find a way to, to get rid of a lot of the negativity. And, and as we all know, education right now is in a in a kind of a weird, weird spot right now. So if I can stay positive. There you go. All right. Good answer. All right. Question number two. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? All right. So I've thought of this. I may need to get with Georgina to figure out how to draw this or to create it. But I am thinking a billboard, kind of like, you remember He-Man? You remember the old cartoon He-Man? Yeah. Okay. So He-Man, you know, he's got yes, the sword. He says, I've got the power. Well, mine would be 
similar, maybe a teacher holding, holding up a, a, a Chromebook or, you know, some kind of device or whatever. And, and to say, you have the power to empower students to leverage technology in creative and impactful ways. Um, something like that. Oh, that's a great billboard, honestly. And I can see that as those billboards that kind of, uh, you know, kind of pop out like there's that extra little cutout, you know, so then you can actually see the hand coming out and then you can go ahead and read that. And, you know, you do have the power and teachers do have the power to empower. So I love the way that you put that. That's very well said. All right, Jared, last. It's pulling them out. It's pulling that out of them. You know, that's, that's the great part about being a coach is like when you see them feel empowered and really start to take on challenges, you're this this was <laughs> worth everything. Excellent. All right. Last question, Jared. Let's say that uh, Jared Johnson started his uh, EdTech podcast and I was your guest on your show. So what would be one question you'd like to ask me? All right. So um, I would ask you, what are your two wishes for education in your district uh, um, that you have for your students? So two, two wishes in the world of education that you live in, that you, that you can influence directly. Ooh, that I can influence directly. Okay. I thought you like wishes like, oh man, if I could have anything. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Okay. Number one, I'll, I completely agree with you. And I'm going to piggyback off of what you're saying is that I wish my district would do more to empower students um, by allowing them to be creative. So one of the things that we've noticed, and I had this conversation, I think maybe a year ago or a little bit more than a year ago with Tisha Poncio, that we noticed that at least here in Texas, from third grade to maybe about ninth grade, uh, students kind of lose that little sense of creativity because from third grade on, it's state testing every single year. So everything is kind of centered around that. And it's more teacher-centered than student-centered. So a lot more student-centered approach. That's one thing that I know that we can influence by just training teachers and, you know, allowing them to learn, to create lessons and experiences for students in different ways that can be delivered in a more student-centered approach. And my next wish would be probably just people taking risks. Don't be afraid to be a risk taker when it comes to you know, empowering your students or even em empowering yourself in a classroom. As a teacher, my biggest risk was going into a lesson, not knowing everything as far as the tech that I wanted to implement. However, with the basics of showing kids, this is what I would love for you to produce. Then they came back with something else that was way better than I expected. And I ended up learning from them. So much like you said, where you know, my first and second period taught me the most. By fourth block, I seemed like the expert, but I was really learning from them. So those would, that would be my wish number two. So number one, allow students to be more creative. Number two, be more of a risk taker in the classroom and allow students to grow and learn from your students. So that's really what, what I would love. So that's a great question, Jared. Wow. One more to piggyback on that. What would be one wish you have for education across the United States? Uh, one wish that we can do our state assessments differently, you know, that there wouldn't be so much, you know, on that, you know, where teachers just feel so overwhelmed. So maybe just changing things up a little bit. I'm not saying that 
not to assess. I mean, maybe like an end of the year assessment, you know, first semester, second semester, final exam, sort of. But, you know, then something that is not so high pressured where it just really can burn teachers out and burn administrators out and burn districts out. So that would be my one wish that I know I may not have the power to influence directly, but if we can get just change the state testing system, I, you know, that would be good. All right, Jared. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this awesome conversation. And thank you so much also for sending me that box of coffee. It was great to be able to chat and sip some coffee with you, my friend. And uh, thank you to Loveland Coffee as well. You know, this really is the best coffee in South Carolina. All right. And so thank you so much for, for that and making this conversation very energetic. So thank you, Jared. I really appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. And always remember, you are making a bigger impact than you may think. You know, just, you know, everything that you do share uh, does impact all of us outside over here, you know, in a very positive way. So thank you. Uh, as always, I also want to thank uh, Georgina also for joining us also as well. You know, Georgina here, you know, thanks for sharing your inspiring trade craft with us. So yes, Jared, thank you so much for sharing all that great advice. I want to thank Coach William Jeffrey as well for joining us in the chat and just making this conversation uh, that much better to it as well. And for all our audience members that are going to be uh, catching this on the replay, thank you as always from the bottom of my heart for making my EdTech life what it is today. As you see today, our mission is to connect educators and creators one show at a time. So please make sure you stop by our website at myedtech.life and check out this episode and the other 158 other amazing episodes uh, where you can learn so much from amazing teachers. Please make sure you stop by our merch store if you want to contribute to our mission. We've got some great designs so you can support the podcast. So we've got sweaters, we've got loungewear, we've got these great caps too as well. And please don't forget to like, subscribe and follow. That really helps us also as well. So thank you. And as always, my friends, until next time, don't forget, stay techie.